The Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast post-match reaction to Crystal Palace's uh, 2-0 defeat uh, at home at the hands of Manchester City on uh, Saturday the 1st of May. Uh, I'm Matthew. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my brother on the pod, Luke. Evening, Matthew. How are you? Not just my brother on the pod, my brother in real life as well. Uh, my other pod. brother, my other brother of the pod is Kevin. Kevin's here this evening. Kevin, how are you? Oh, mate, I wish I was your brother in real life. I'm all right, mate. I'm good, Matt. I'm really good. I think, I think we make a great partnership anyway, Kev. So, you we, know, we do, man. Right. We do. It's, it's a, all right. It's a, it's a loving going on. There's there's a Tyrrell loving going on. Why not? Why not? And my, I should have asked my brother how he is. Luke, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You sound like Kev's reaction to the game, but just in the, in the uh, pre-match <laughs> chat here. Um, so, so Palace, <laughs> Palace are defeated today, uh, as I said, at home to Man City. It was a 2-0 defeat. Um, but before I get into that, at Six Pointer Podcast, Instagram and Twitter, don't forget to follow us. And don't forget to subscribe to your favourite podcast service to get notifications, uh, updates and the latest Six Pointer Podcast. Uh, obviously, we are following uh, the social media boy- boycott uh, or suspension or, or whatever you like to call it. But we are, we are avoiding social media as well. Um, in a stand against all sorts of discrimination, any sort of discrimination, um, as it's absolutely the right thing to, to do and support every sort of group who is who is doing so. So you won't find us tweeting uh, or messaging about the game uh, or the uh, pod just yet. Um, that will follow um, after the, uh, the, the agreed boycott. So, yeah, follow us, uh, get after us after uh, that's completed. So, chaps, uh, a two-nil defeat. Palace went into the game with two changes in the lineup. Uh, Townsend uh, came in, and the other one I've forgotten. Guys, help me out. Mitchell. Thank you. Ty Mitchell with PVA, which I was really excited about, really pleased to see. And, you know, like we said before, if he's on this pod, hopefully a sign um, of things to come, particularly looking forward to, to next season. So I'll kick us off. I really enjoyed the first half. I actually thought Palace were up for it. We um, were very, very tight calm and composed on the ball I thought we didn't give away too much um, Man City obviously had a lot of the ball themselves but I thought when we had it we made some useful stuff with it Luke everything you just said Matthew in the context that this is the best team in the league that we, that we were playing as well you know I thought we were very good very, like you say there was there was high energy I thought we were using our whip well I was very impressed with our two fullbacks uh, in Tyrek Mitchell and Joel Ward Joel Ward himself coming through into the middle and, and winning headers in, in, in the place where Scott Bowden and Chet Kuta, you'd expect them to win the headers and he's doing really well. And probably arguably him, between him and Mitchell of my man of the match, to be honest. Um, and that first half was probably as, as good as what we, I've seen us play for uh, a, a good few months, if I'm honest. Uh, thought we were very good. Thought, very pleased that Gabriel Jesus' goal was chalked off because I didn't think that we deserved to go in at half-time 1-0 down. Christian Benteke had a chance from Andrus Townsend that he probably... Kev, you, you, you'll love this because it was uh, Glenn Hoddle on BT Sport, but he was saying about Tekka's 
uh, jumping a little bit too soon, which I, I think he was probably correct. Probably his first touch of the ball over anticipated it a little bit. And look, we had a couple of long range efforts throughout the game as well. I think Tegas had one, Luke had one in the second half. I thought we were very good value for our nil nil draw at half time. Kev, Kev, what did yeah. you think? Do we pick up from the from the sort of positive result in the week? Not positive result, positive performance despite the result in the week against Leicester. Yeah, I think we did, Matt. I mean, obviously, as you boys have both said, uh, it was a very pleasing first half in the way we played. I think, obviously, you know, when you're Manchester City and you can make eight changes and still put out as good a side as you put, you know, um, and they were scintillating against PSG the other day. So I, I, I thought we did very well first half. I think we did build on it. I, 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 I thought we were very good first half against Leicester anyway on Monday, but I, I, I thought it was a good performance. It went quickly which is always a good sign. I felt that the, that first half went quickly. And and you're right, Luke. I mean, I thought Glenn Hoddle did call it right, um, actually. Ben Tekkers did go up just slightly early, I think, that cross, which could have been a goal. But I think he also had a chance right at the end of the half where down near the post where uh, the keeper, who didn't have to have a lot to do, really, made a reasonable save. So half-time, I was very pleased that we went in nil-nil. I thought they looked a little bit, um, they were a little bit um, sloppy for the man. City that they normally are. There was a few misplaced passes in the early part of the game, but yeah, I thought we were good value for nil nil at half time. But uh, that somewhat what's, changed second half. What's the dif- what's the difference, Kev, between the Palace of not too distant uh, past with regards to sort of starts like the Chelsea game and others where we just sort of lose it in the opening um, passings of the game. Whereas today, you know, it was it was we were, we gave Man City a game first half, didn't we? It wasn't just like we were passengers in it which many people would expect expected us to be, we really gave it a go. Yeah, yeah I, I think we did, Matt. I mean, I don't know if I know what the difference is. I don't, I don't know if they just feel that much more comfortable. I know it sounds daft with five games to go, but, you know, we're not going to get caught now. And I appreciate Fulham hadn't played at that point. So I don't know if they're just playing with the shackles off a bit. I, I, I agree with Luke. I think seeing... I thought Mitchell, for me, was my <clears throat> Palace man of the match by a mile today. I thought he played really, really well. Pleased to see him in. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if it just. Um, don't know really. I, I, I don't know if, if if it was the fact that we were playing a Man City side that, as you say, played well within themselves. I think, and that's not being disrespectful to us or them. I think they could have upped the gears as they did in the second half. Um, at any time, but they were playing well within themselves. Um, and I'm sure they mostly got a bit of a rocket from Guardiola at half time to go out and put us to bed. Because I think, you know, as we saw in those, those devastating 84 seconds when two goals went in, you know, but, but, but up until that, I, I, I don't know. I just think Palace felt as though that the sh- I still think the shackles were off a little bit more today. Luke? I think defensively, having someone like Tyrant Mitchell gives you a bit more stability at the back. Now, look, I, I think. To balance that, we've yeah. also missed Patrick Van Arnhout going forward a little bit today. And, and you know, after, when you're 2 0 down, you're, you're going to throw things forward a little bit more. But for me, Mitchell really gives you that, that solid backing. And he did very well a couple of times against Jesus. And I think there was a block on, on Sterling as well that was, was quite impressive, as well as his composure as well, after just sort of receiving a bit of a blow to the back. Eze, I thought I've been critical of him over the last few weeks, but I thought he he played well, albeit getting bullied at some times. But look, when you come against, up against players like Fernandinho, it's going to happen. He's, he's a beast. And he was very good at that. The whole Man City team, in fact, were very good at that cyclical fouling thing where they it wasn't just Fernandinho banging on 
uh, Eze all the time. You know, it was he'd go on putting on Wilf, then he put on Eze, and then it was someone else's turn. And it was it was very good gamesmanship by Man City in that sense. And you could see Wilf getting very frustrated. I'm sure we'll come on to Wilf later in the pod, but he was getting very frustrated, sort of visibly and, and, and audibly <laughs> on, on on the game as well. So it was a very good. Man City team, albeit you know yeah. slightly different from um, the team that played in the week. I was going to say. So, what was your take on it, Matt? What do you think the difference was for the better starts in the last few games? Do you think? So, to be honest, Kim, I think the fact that we are coming out and giving it a go rather than trying to get to half time, which has been the sort of pattern of our play for for this season, I felt that we get to get to half time and then try and pick up a result in the second half. And I think that against these big teams where they're just going to come out and they're going to have loads of the ball. They're going to have the, the chances on goal. We we seem by by combating that with a bit more offensive play in the opening passing moments of the game. I, I feel we give them less opportunities, and, mm, and I think we yeah. were we were more. I always say this, don't know, up and at them, but we, we were. We were just we were we were we were playing Man City at at their game. We weren't there to sort of sit in and and, and wait for them to you know have chances and hopefully hold them out. We were we were there to 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 get a goal ourselves, and that, that yeah. for me was 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 a difference in the way in which we we came out the blocks, um, which I think which I think is a real positive. I think as Luke said, the um, for me the two uh, wing backs um, were brilliant today. I thought defensively. Um, but also to, to Luke's point, PV, I'm not, I'm not sure we missed Piro too much because I thought Tyrick Mitchell and Joel Wall went forward themselves, uh, respectively. You mm. know, I, I'm not so sure on that, but obviously PVA gets further up than, than anyone. So I mean, he's part of the most of the time, isn't he? So there's a difference there. But <laughs> yeah. I was really pleased and because I enjoyed the first half. You know, there was there was there was lots of grit in that game. You know, you, you, everyone thinks Man City is like the, the sort of the tidy, nice passing team, but they're also relatively dirty as well. They play the dirty side of the game. And I think Eze was sort of a number of times to, to Luke's point. I think he, he he sort of let himself get done. He was expecting to get a foul, but didn't. Um, mm. And, 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 and the, 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 I think there was a chance where he was fouled an hour, an hour in, 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 sorry, in their half. We were, on, we were on the attack and the ball came back to him about 30 or so yards out and, and he sort of got clattered by, I don't know who it was, and was expecting a foul and, and he didn't get one and off they went, man, to the other end. And, that, and I think he did learn from that. I think he did pick up on that in the second half. Yeah, so yeah, an enjoyable, enjoyable first half all round, and and you know we, we looked good for the second half, but it was a it was a different second half, wasn't it? Look on, on on the grittiness, Matthew. Just just on that, there was a period I think maybe five minutes into the second half, just before we conceded the goals, where there was you could feel the game get a little bit on edge. Uh, there was a little bit of bite in the game. You know, a few tackles sort of were strong, and there was uh, some jostling. You thought, hello, you know. Palace, you know, could take the game to me. You, you, you sort of thought that if if not sort of technically, then physically Palace could could sort of match Man City here and and unsettle them a little bit. And then, you know, that that, that goal goes in and completely changes the complexion of the game, doesn't it? I mean, what a goal. Let me just say as well. Matthew will blame me because I put in the WhatsApp group chat yeah. that Sergio Aguero can't score at Crystal at Santa Park, whatever it was. Um, yeah. And then... then I should have yeah. gone and put 50p on him scoring, I guess. Yeah. His last chance, they said, wasn't it? His last chance ever to score at Sellers Park. He's ne- In all his, what, 257 goals, he's never scored at Sellers Park. And then he Kev. absolutely smashes it. 
I like yes, to mate. think I spurred him on. <laughs> well, mate, next time, don't you idiot. All right. <laughs> yeah, well, at least, at, least won't, at least there won't be a next time unless he comes to sign for us, which I don't think he will somehow. But uh, yeah, no, it was a quality goal, Luke. And I, I think, Brilliant. but again, you know, I, I don't want to be overly critical uh, today um, in any way, shape or form because, you know, let's not forget who we were playing. But I think, I do think he takes the goal brilliantly, but I still think we're off him uh, a yard further than I would like to. I'd like to see someone, he, he did take it very quickly, but he had quite a bit of space before he put in and then obviously levered it through with a half volley. I think for me, what was then disappointing for them to get the second goal so quickly, I mean, it was 84 seconds between both goals. It just killed the game at that point because as much as we huffed and puffed, I never really felt as though we looked as though we were going to get into it. And I, and I think you alluded to it earlier, Luke. I'm sorry to say, I, I got really frustrated with Wilf today with his petulance. It really irritated me today. And I hate to say that. And I'm sorry if I'm being a bit unfair, but I just thought, oh, come on, Wilf. You know, you just got to... He tried to go past Fernandinho twice, uh, and which really pleased me. And twice Fernandinho put in good tackles, won the ball, and he just seemed to, he just seemed to have the ump, and it just—I'm sorry to say, boys—but it, it irritated me a bit today because I just thought, "Well, oh, come on, Wilf, stop, keep snarling, and just get on with it." Did, so, he, did he refuse? Did spot what happened at half time with Wilf? No, did he stayed on the pitch happened? or something, didn't he? Did he stay well, on the pitch? Yeah, or something? He went storming off down the tunnel, and I couldn't work out what was going on. But no, um, I, I don't no, know. Okay. Roy, Roy was asked about this in a post-match interview, and he said that they were concerned about Wilf, and they kept asking for up the game. Is he okay? Is he okay? I, I think to be fair, there were a couple of times with him and and Eze. Although Eze, you could argue some of the ones were soft, but they did get clapped in that in that first half. And I thought Man City were very clever in, like I say, in that cyclical foul. In they were very good in, in leave one on Wilf. And then have another player lead one of them, and the same for Eze because they they targeted our our star men. They knew yeah. that that's where Palace's danger was going to come from. So I think there was a lot of frustration from Wilf there today. Yeah. Um, and whilst he was okay, I think there were times today where I felt Wilf's frustrations were perhaps not best aimed at his teammates, um, uh, and probably should have been at the referee and the opposition. Really. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, Luke. I'm just going to come in there and. Sorry, Matt, just on the basis of, as you say, if, if Roy was interviewed, I must admit I hadn't picked up how many times he'd possibly been clattered, Luke. So I thought it was petulance when actually maybe it had been a bit more frustration around that. But, yeah, I do feel some of it that some of his body language was a little bit and it felt as though it was aimed at some of his own players sometimes. And and who knows? And, and, and you're right, maybe without being at all disrespectful, maybe he thinks he's missed the boat for that big money move, I don't know, because I'd be surprised with the greatest respect if anyone came in and paid huge money for him now. Having said that, he's had his best season of scoring in the Premier League, hasn't he? Uh, I think with 10 this season. Um, so he's already uh, got his, equal his best, I think they've said. So he's still got, what, five games. So if he gets another one, um, you know, it's going to be his best ever return in the Premier League. So, I don't know. What, what's your take on Wolf today, Matt? Didn't really notice he was on the pitch too much, apart from the moments you, you mentioned and referring to, Kev, the sort of the, the half-time thing where something went on was kind of the first I really realised that he was, um, well, not first I realised, but but one of the moments I realised he was involved, I actually thought Andrews Townsend in the first half was the far better um, sort of attacking player that we had on the pitch. I thought he did really, really well going forward and also defensively. I thought he wanted quite his socks off. And yeah, Wolf for me was relatively quiet um, in terms of involvement in the game. Yeah. Just, just on that, Matthew, 
should we, should we not touch on a tactical sort of formation and, and the fact that we've seemed to have gone to this now, I don't know if you want to call it 4-3-3 three, three or 4-5-1, four, but Will, Will play, seems to be playing a little bit more on the left. You know, you've got an out-and-out out winger with Andros on the other side. To me, you know, a couple of times there was Andros's balls to Benteke, obviously, that created chances. And we saw a, a surprise addition from Jean-Philippe Mateta as well, who got about half an hour, didn't he? Which, which was nice. You know, albeit he couldn't do much. I think he won a couple of headers. But Benteke, I thought, was very good today. I thought he, he, he linked up the game very well. There was a couple of moments in the first half that he had that beautiful touch and then you saw him just do that spin and run off and sort of right boys you know catch up with me I, I'm getting into the box you, you play it into me which never to be Palace never do but I, I, I think it was nice to see that switch in formation from this rigid rigid 4-4-2 that, that Roy Hodgson's often been lambasted with to have this perhaps more fluid formation that, that is allowing Eze perhaps to make a little bit more impact in the game as well as pushing Wilf out wide do you think we're not matching Man City there more so? I do I do wonder if Palace were sort of going for a, a formation that matched the fact that Man City have that one striker up front, don't they? And the, the, the pack the middle in that sense. And otherwise, we're going to get overrun with them having the ball and, and, and not getting near them. Wasn't that the se- second half against Leicester as well? Wolf went wide, didn't he? So so I think it was it was sort of trialled in that in that, that time period there as well. So, right. so perhaps, I perhaps, and look, obviously... Whoever we come up against next, Sheffield United, I think the next game is, is in. Mm-hmm. Look, obviously, you'd expect Palace to approach the Sheffield United game very different to the, to the game today, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that formation with, with sort of two out and out wingers um, again, really. Think, thinking back to kind of the predictions that we gave in the last pod, I don't think anyone was uh, brave enough to to predict a win or even a draw today. So we, you know, we're not sort of uh, outside of our, our form table at the minute, chaps. So, so don't worry, no mm. one panicked just yet. But um, we did actually miss a game, didn't we, that Luke <laughs> spotted after the pod. So we've actually got, we've now got, now got five games left after this one rather than um, in total, yeah. haven't we? Bonus. Yeah. Yeah, we've got Southampton on on Tuesday, the, uh, I think it's the 11th, I think. So, so we need yeah. to give revised, we need to give revised uh, predictions at some point. So I'll let you guys <laughs> think about that. I'll ask you for that on the spot now. Um, Kev, I think you mentioned the, the turnaround like, time for the goals, which was disappointing because it kind of sort of did the game there and then, didn't it? At 1-0, you still think we're in the game, right? 2-0, it's kind of pretty much game over, isn't it? I mean, the, yeah. the goal came so quickly that they scored the goal and I sort of in a half went off to get a drink, came back and it was 2-0. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how quickly it happened. Yeah, I mean the second one. I mean we've Luke touched briefly on the first goal. You know, and, and let's be honest, Aguero, what a fantastic player over the years for the Premier League. And I think you know, I, I as, as wrong as this is possibly to say, I, I'm not totally disappointed that he did score at Sellers Park. You know, because I think you know he's been such a great player. And what a great goal to finish uh, for it for him at Sellers Park, if you know what I mean. I think what disappoints me with the second goal, obviously it's scored, it goes through the player's legs, which obviously disguises it a little bit. But I, I did think Vinci might have got it, if I'm honest. Um, but, you know, and again, I appreciate it's come quickly, it's gone whatever. But, you know, he's, he's such high calibre, Vinci. I just thought he might have, might have got that. But, but as you said, Matt, the minute that's gone in, for me, really, the game was over. I think there was one more one moment where I looked to my mum because my mum was with it at our house today watching it. Um, uh, hello, Kev's mum, uh, and I'm saying it myself. Okay, um, hello, Kev's mum. At 75 minutes, we both looked at each other and said, "If we got one now, it could be an interesting last 10 minutes." Because we were we had a little bit of momentum um, after that lull for about 15 minutes after they scored. 
Um, and then we seemed to sort of push and have a few chances. Wilf had a little run where he did a little bit of magic on the left, but but it just seemed to fizzle out. And I hate to say this, I started to get bored towards the last five, ten minutes because it just felt as though they were just playing out time and we didn't really know what else to do differently. But I think I might be being a bit unfair. So over to you, boys. What do you think, Luke? Well, I'm pleased to hear that you and your mum were drinking during the second half, mate, thinking we could get back into that <laughs> after being two were down. But, <laughs> but also on, on, on the second half. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, she was driving down, wasn't she? Um, exactly. I think on the Seth goal, it's harsh to, 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 to put any blame on Zendiguaita for that, simply for the fact that it does come through the bloke's legs and, and the keeper yeah. was completely unsighted, you know, until it's about sort of nine yards in front of him, which is carry and paste and curl. And great finish, by the way, is also this this not take away from from the strike itself for, for him to see that angle and that that I don't know what you call it, inches of space to, to to pass the ball through fair play to him. Um I don't really have any complaints over either goal to his review. So 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 yeah, I, I I think that that probably won't be one that features on the uh, the goalkeepers union podcast on Monday. Yeah. Matt? Well it, like we said, it kind of played out a bit of a, a dull end to the game really. Um I remember Palace in a bit of sort of uh you know, time in, in the Man City box, but but not much. And, and, and interestingly, we conceded quite a few goals outside the box this season. I think I think I saw a stat that, you know, it's the most goals outside the box conceded bar Sheffield United, which is it's an interesting stat and, and one I've mm. talked about before. It is also going on the stats the first time we've lost three on the on the run this season. I think indeed the last time we lost more than um, two on the go was our very bad end of the season. Last year, I mean, Kev, the main thing we want to see here is that we don't want to get anywhere near that sort of territory, right? We want to pick up against Sheffield United and put an end to this. Absolutely, Matt. That, that's the way I see it now. I mean, you know, I know we don't want to talk about what it's looking like, but there's five games to go. I think, you know, for me, yeah, you, you just got to, you just can't have that running we had at the end of last season. So I think, you know, you're talking about revised points. You know, I'm still going to stick with my uh, <laughs> very, very silly, optimistic nine um, from, I'm going to say, three wins out of the five. Um, um, it might not come from the Arsenal game after our little argument last time with Luke on the points. So, uh, but I, I'm, I'm still going to say, let's, I'm still going to be really positive and say I'm get, we'll get three wins out of our last five games. And, it, and if we do, I'll be absolutely delighted. But uh, I just don't want to see it fizzle out. What about you, Matt? What, what do you think it's going to be? Um, so if we're adding in a Southampton game, I'm going to go for another win then. And I can't remember what I ended up with last time. Did I end up so with 10? You, no, seven. Well, you, right. no, you, had seven, you had seven points. You're going for now for 10 points out of the 10 last... points. So you're going for three wins and a draw. Wow. It's impressive. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's have some positive... Uh, well, yeah, yeah, no, positive, positive in the terms of the end of the season. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you know we can finish on a high, and, and whatever happens with the managerial position, then is you know it is what it is. And um, for a pod first, for a pod first here, uh, we get a screen share from Luke, which is something else. Goodness me, this mate, is listeners, unbelievable. Listeners won't see this, but this is amazing. Apologies for any uh, disconnection there. I, I think I might have disappeared and come back, but I was just trying to share my screen here just to show the remaining game. So I make sure we didn't get this wrong because I'm conscious of the uh, discussion that we had last week. So obviously next week is, is there you go. So Sheffield United away, Southampton yeah. away. I think, is it Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday, midweek? Then it, but, you know, so, so there's a lot of games in May, isn't there? So I, I'd expect yeah. probably quite a lot of rotation. So I'll, 
unfortunately, I think we will see Patrick Van Arnholt again. But I, I, I think, look, boys, sorry if I missed that, if I, if I went off there. Have you boys made your predictions there for this, uh, these we final just, five then? We just added yeah. in the Southampton one, yeah. Yeah, to go on with yours. I'm going, I'm going to go 10 points out of that. I'm going to go... That's the same as your brother. That's the same as your brother. I'm impressed. Win at Sheffield United, win at Southampton, win at Villa, and I reckon we get a point out of Arsenal and (laughs) Liverpool. 10 points. Come on. Let's have it. All right. So, so... Right, let's be honest then, boys. If 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 we win the next three games, right, does that mean Roy stays? It won't. It won't. No, I th- I think change is already underway, and I, yeah. from what I what I've heard as well, rumours and bits I've heard as well that um, people within the club are very un- unhappy that uh, Tyrant Mitchell didn't start the game against Chelsea, hence why he was was thrust back in today. Um, I think change is coming. But it'll be nice, wouldn't it? Three, three wins and a bounce towards the end of the season. Um, that, that'll be a run that we haven't had since. Uh, someone help me. Whenever yeah. we last yeah, had three wins and a bounce, it's been a while. So, what, what's your what's your thoughts, Matt? Do you think change is definitely coming now? Yeah, it's Dougie. Told you before. I'll tell you, mate. It's 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 Frank. It's Frank. I can't believe so, he's so, drawn so that. I, so Luke I do Tyrrell. think Luke Tyrrell, you are an absolute disgrace. What you just did on that screen. Absolute disgrace. Mate. He's gone now. Has he gone? Has he left us, Matt? Still here, mate. Are oh, he still <laughs> Mate, you are childish beyond belief. Childish. Sorry, Matt, back to you. Let's get back to some professional podding while your brother carries on with his juvenile cock Sorry, Kim. I, I think he'll edit this bit out anyway. So, <laughs> right. Um, I asked you about change and you, you say opposite. It's Doogie. You're still saying it's Doogie, are you? So, in all seriousness, as Lucas said, I, I believe this is the the last um, uh, last season we, we're going to have Roy. I think there is going to be be change. Um, I'm disappointed emotionally about that because you know we touched it before. You know, I think he does a fantastic job with what he's got to work with, but I, I, th- I think there is change coming. Um, I hope that they're working on it now. I hope that there's there's plans in place if this is going to happen because, like we've said before, of the upheaval in the club. Um, with the number of players out of contract. I also hope that the number of those are sort of either being worked on or those players know, um, and the players indeed didn't know who, who's not going to be staying as well for, for everyone's benefit. But um, yeah, it's going to be a change. I'd be really disappointed if, Luke, there was any truth in what you said about um, a response or a, a, um, a view on Mitchell not starting a game. I mean, people in the club need to stay out of that. The manager makes picks the team. Um, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be disappointing. They don't, they don't, they unless they sit in there watching them in training, and they have the the years and years experience that Hodgson has to make a um, a decision on who should play. They should keep keep noses out. So, yeah, but Kev, yeah, I think I think it's um, I think it's like very 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 likely to happen now. I can't I can't see. I would like to see him stay for another year because I think it would make it would make sense given the the amount of change in the summer. But don't think it'll happen now. Can I just ask as well? I mean. Look, by no means social media should be a barometer for how the real world works and how people in stadiums react to games and things like that. But it, it would hurt, I think, to go. I, I think we were speaking this maybe last week or maybe this week in the chat around, you know, if fans were back in the stadium, if there was to be any sort of toxicity or, or, or vitriol towards Roy, that would be very disappointing for me from, you know, I've, I've still got the picture on my phone of, of one Roy Hodgson from the terrace to to the dugout and 
fans sort of applauding him to go from that to any sort of booing or I, I really wouldn't yeah. like. So may, maybe it is best that that it ends now before fans can come back in and we will have a fresh start. Yeah. You know, saying that, you know, obviously the fixtures have been moved around and Palace fans may yet be back in for the Arsenal game and then even be able to take six hundred fans up to uh, to Anfield and what an yeah. away there that would be, okay. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? I mean, I was going to ask. I mean, Luke, I'd be amazed if there was any of that after what Roy's done for for the club and what what Crystal Palace means to him. And you know, delighted to see him win that London Award last week. I think, which you brought to our attention, which was really good uh, for what for what he's done and what he's achieved in the game. I was going to say, Matt, do you think potentially? I'd like to think, depending on who's coming in, and let's assume that I'm right after all those weeks, and it's Frank Lampard. Would you uh, would you like to see Roy in a director of football type role at Palace if that's what he'd like to do? If he yeah, wanted to care. stay, love I think he'd care. be brilliant. Yeah. I think he'd be a fantastic mentor for a likes of a Frank Lampard. For me personally, and that's not saying Frank would need that, but you know, whichever way you look at it, Frank Lampard still only had two and a half seasons as a manager. And if you bought someone in, in a big, you know, I know he's been at Chelsea, but a big Premier League club, you know, because we are a big Premier League if we've on our ninth season, I think for him to still be involved at Crystal Palace at that level, I think would be, well, I, I wouldn't call it a masterstroke, but I think it would be a very sensible move to take. Sorry, Luke? I, I, it's, it's OK. I, I, do, I do think that would be brilliant, but I would be surprised if it happened. I, I think Roy will be, will be leaving because it, it's his, his job is the manager's job. I'd, I'd be surprised if there was anything else. I don't know if he's done that in any other roles in his career. I'm, I'm willing to be um, advised on know. that, but I, I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Luke, no, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite interesting because in Roy's pre-match conference this week, a press conference this week, he was talking about that. He was asked that question, Mark, like he's every week. He's asked, you know, about his future and where he sees himself, etc. And I, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong and, and people who listen to the press conferences are perhaps a little bit more attentively than me might, might prove me wrong here but I think this is the first time this week when he was asked the question he answered it in terms of the standard you know where see how we go at the end of the season but also uh, he, he talked about evaluating his options and maybe what he wants to do with his career and, and it was perhaps mooted the fact of him changing role from his head coach role at Crystal Palace because this 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 put a clear distinction in there. He's not the manager of Crystal Palace. He's the head coach. We have a director of football uh, and Steve Parrish and the Americans who obviously fund the transfers, who who bring the players in and the head coach is then expected to work with those players. It's not he's involved from, from the ground up in terms of sourcing the players. It's not that sort of role. So uh, any any manager that comes in afterwards will also obviously have to make that, um, that role clear distinction that, that they will be given people to work with and, and that's it. Uh, obviously, they will have some some sort of input, but this week was just interesting to me in, in the pre match press conference when he did mention that this was the first time he talked about a change of career and it was mooted about him maybe moving upstairs. And you have to wonder if that is in in the thinking of the club, uh, in perhaps in bringing a younger man in and having someone to, uh, of Roy's expertise and and excellence to, to sort of to to guide them almost, you know, be there as a not a mentor but someone that can go to if if they need to to seek some sort of um, some assistance or some help or some, some um, what's the word I'm looking for, Kev? Inspiration. Inspiration. That's what you gave me. What did I give you? I gave you everything, son. Let's be honest. <laughs> Wouldn't be sitting here without you, mate. So look, look, we've, we've, we've kind of given views on, on this before. And I think, you know, we're all in the same sort of place of what we'd like to see. 
um, in terms of a, if change happens and, and or, you know, if change isn't to happen. I think the main thing is that we, whatever happens, we keep an element of stability because if a manager goes and the number of players potentially could go, do go, um, we need stability in other ways. So, you know, Roy moving into a role still in the club would be a very sensible option in that respect. Um, so, so yeah, I, I personally don't see it, but yeah, fingers crossed, I'd love it to happen. That'd be, that'd be brilliant. Um, so look, we're, we're looking forward now to, to the Sheffield United game. I think we all predicted a win for this one. So if, if it's probably, we're probably going to get walloped on uh, <laughs> next weekend on this one now. And I predicted that. Um, but we talked about us having a sort of a pretty now steady end to the season, given where we are in the league. And then I've quite got Sante fourth. But goodness me, just touching on the championship. What an interesting end to the season that's going to be. So there are, what, four clubs in it, pretty much. The bottom three yeah. uh, and also Derby. Who Wayne Rooney I saw a few weeks ago came about came out and said, "Calm down, everyone. We're not going to get relegated," which was always, <laughs> always, always a bad thing to do. Um, Never say that. Rotherham are in the bottom three. They've got a game in hand, haven't they? Luton, and if they win that, they'll be on forty-three with Derby on forty-three, and the Sheffield Wednesday on forty and forty. Wickham on forty. Wickham on forty. No, but Wickham's goal difference looks like they it's might be out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that that's pretty much. It. I, I mean that. I watched um, the second half of the Brentford-Rotherham game on Tuesday night, I want to say. Um, okay, we're going off a bit of a tangent here. Sorry, mate. This is- well, I, do you know what? I'm just about to jump in. When you two boys absolutely ripped me the other week, I'm going to say, do you know what? I couldn't give a toss. <laughs> well, this is actually quite interesting. That's the problem, though. No one cares what oh, I know it is. Finish, I know it is, mate. I know see, it is. See if Rotherham are going to survive in the Champions League. I'm only teasing. Really I'm gripping teasing. stuff. No. no, but seriously, I thought Rotherham were really good good value in, in that game and unlucky not to come away with anything and and I think it will go down to the last game of the season it's all teed up isn't it for Sheffield Wednesday derby um, to be the side the side and hopefully who knows could it be survival Sunday could it be on BT again you know, could it be a Horsburgh it will be an interesting one I mean I'll be interested boys out of that I mean it's this discount Wickham right because it does look like they'd have to score 12 more goals than Derby and win. Hopefully the results going the way to stab. So Wickham are down, right? But out of Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham and Derby, who would you want to stay up? So I need to just firstly get in there. Kev, I apologise. My link was terrible. My link was supposed to be the game that we had against Sheffield Wednesday and the, the sort of the winner takes all. I know, so terrible. That terrible. That makes sense. Part. That makes yeah. sense, Matt. Now, now I understand the link, which I started to get as we were going through it. So apologies. That... It just takes us back to that wonderful day. Nick. Do you know what day that was, boys? 2nd of May, 2010. What's tomorrow? 2nd of May, 11 years ago. So you know what that means two days later? Where did we all play? <laughs> you know, well, so, us, mate. Hello, yeah. hello to... Well, hello I remember to. that game very well because uh, uh, Matthew gave me a dead leg just before kickoff <laughs> in that game uh, for no reason whatsoever. We were, we were at Hillsborough having a few beers and he just decided to give me like, the biggest dead leg ever. And, when I, and I said, turn to him, I went, you prick, I've got to play at Sellers in like two days. He was just worried about, he wanted to know how much pain threshold you had for, ahead the of the Sheffield Wednesday game, mate. Anyway, in, in answer to your question, who do I want to see survive? I'd like to see Derby survive because I'd like to see Rooney do give it, give it a good fist next season, personally. That sounds wrong, doesn't it? But I think you know what I meant. <laughs> we interrupted you, bruv. Sorry, go on. Oh, I don't know where I was. I was, I was trying to cook, make sure that Kev knew I wasn't just doing a Kev and dropping in random football club chat. I was actually <laughs> linking back to the Palace. Um, we love, love the Rotherham fans on this pod, don't we? You love the Rotherham fans. Love the Rotherham fans. Well, no, to answer your question, who would I want to stay up? I want Rotherham to stay up. 
Yeah. Oh, Robinstadt, because because they're they're the ones that probably no one else is rooting for. You know, probably everyone's rooting for Derby, Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, but to be fair, if I couldn't choose Rotherham, it'd be Sheffield Wednesday because Sheffield Wednesday started on minus ten, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I think that that shows that they don't really deserve to be down there. I've got a better link actually. On, I yeah. think it should be Rotherham we say because my first ever game I went to see in 1976 was Palace Rotherham in what was the old third division and we won 2-1. That's when I went to Pengees on the old train. So come on Rotherham. Come on Rotherham. Come oh, on you Millers. Walk? Did you walk from Pengees to Sellers, Kev? I don't know. I think my mum might have got us a bus in. I don't know. My dad might have let us have a couple of extra quid and got a bus. I don't know. <laughs> Two I'm hoping Rotherham simply because they've got a lovely new stadium, haven't they? Is it the New York Stadium, New York, which I'd like yeah. to visit at some point. And obviously, we've done derbies at Sheffield Wednesday. What do you mean you want to visit the Rotherham Stadium? If you want to visit I it, do, that mate. means we've been relegated, you clown. No, not that I want Palace to go down, but obviously, there's always a distinct possibility of that happening, being in Crystal Palace. But I think that, <laughs> look, my memories of Hillsborough are of anxiety of of vomiting toilets, of, you know, <laughs> legs. Uh, beer, dead legs. You know. Dead legs. It was, a t- it was a tough day, you know, getting getting told I, that I wouldn't be done if I was on fire by a, a, a nice lady in the Sheffield Wednesday show outside the stadium. Nice, um, nice. This is pod gold. This is pod gold, boys. Pod gold. Derby away, you know. Obviously, the, the games that me and you've been to, Matthew, Matthew in the car, and then Edgar, Edgar Davids's debut on the left wing, and also um, Stern John's goal um, with me running towards a crash barrier. The five nil, Matthew. Yes, the five nil was. I read it, Kev. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Rotherham for me, mate. Rotherham for me. Rotherham. Okay. Well, fingers crossed. Let's hope it's the Rotherham. Come on, the Millers. That's what we say. So, Good where stuff. do we go from here then, boys? Because it's Saturday night. To bed. Uh, we we go to bed. Yeah, Matt's Matt's <laughs> off to bed. He's bored. He's finished. He's finished his diet coke. Other other, other Coca Cola brands are available. That's it then, I suppose. Till next week, right? Right. So, listen, everyone. Thanks for dialing in. For anyone who's still listening, because most people would have dialed off by now. But if you're still listening, thanks for joining us. You won't be hearing us on Twitter or whatever for a few days because of the, as Matt quite rightly said, the ban. But uh, we'll be back next week. Okay. So, what can I say? Enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. And up the palace. Up the palace. Up the palace. Thanks for dialing in. (laughs) (laughs) Up to Palace. The Six Pointer Podcast. Uh